0: This is Ann Robertson, the pastor of the United Methodist Church of Westford in Westford, Massachusetts. This is the sermon from this morning, July 30th. Again, there wasn't anything particular going on in church other than our usual worship service, which is, of course, always very particular. We continue this morning in looking at the Book of Romans. We've done that for several weeks and... We'll continue for at least a couple more. So we're this morning in Romans 8, the end of Romans 8, and the title of the sermon is The Love of God.
1: Please remain standing for the reading of the Gospel, which comes from the Gospel of Luke in the 23rd chapter, verses 39 through 43, during the crucifixion. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding Jesus and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we're getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. to God. You may be seated. As I mentioned last week, we're going to be sticking for a few weeks in the book of Romans in our daily walk reading. So again, if you're, if you're behind and you're looking to catch up, at least catch up with the New Testament part and jump ahead and read, read Romans. And as we look at that book, a couple of Reminders. First, remember that the books of the Bible are not printed and bound in chronological order. First, they're grouped by category. We've been through the four Gospels and one book of history, Acts. Romans begins the category of the writings of Paul, and they're ordered within that category by length. So Romans being the longest comes first. Paul writes his letter to the church in Rome from the city of Corinth about 57 A.D. It's a letter, but as we said last week, the purpose of the letter is a grant proposal of sorts. Paul is laying out everything that he believes in detail in the hopes that the Roman church will support a mission that he wants to make to Spain. He needs a base that's going to be a little bit closer than Jerusalem and Asia Minor. He wants a base in Rome. This is his way of saying, here's what I believe, can you support me? Since Paul was the largest theological influence in the early days of the church, the book of Romans is the best exposition we have of what the very first Christians believed, because Paul was the one teaching them, and he's laid it out here in Romans. Romans. One thing that's evident to me through all of it is just how much Christian faith is grounded in hopefulness. We saw it begin in the first three chapters. Paul paints a very bleak picture of the human condition and our seemingly inability to ever do anything right at all. But just when you think that it would probably be a good thing just to end the whole human project, maybe go back to God with Noah and say, you know, just wipe it all out. Paul jumps in in Romans 321 with his famous, but now, apart from the law, and tells us about how God's grace makes goodness and beauty and salvation possible after all. Last week, in chapter 5, we saw how Paul manages to transform suffering, even the worst of it, and transform that into a lasting hope in the goodness of God. And now, at the end of chapter 8, Paul writes the stunning passage that Wayne read about the all-encompassing love of God that's with us no matter what. The timing, as far as Paul's writing, is good. If you remember your Roman history, Nero became emperor in 54 AD, three years before Paul is writing this epistle. As you may know, the reign of Nero was not a good thing for Christians. I don't think it was particularly good for Rome either, but it especially wasn't good for Christians. Under Nero, Christians suffered the worst persecutions to date. They were tortured and killed in ways that are too horrible to mention in a family service. And Paul will not be immune. Both Peter and Paul lose their lives under the reign of Nero. But before Paul is arrested and brought to Rome, he writes Romans, and he gives to future martyrs in Rome something to hang on to when everything else is taken away. For I am convinced, he writes, that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That passage is a gift. And I think there's perhaps no greater gift to our world right now. War spreads from heart to heart and nation to nation. The twisted cult of terrorism makes off with the souls of the young and tries to instill fear in others. The weather is out of joint across the globe, fires and floods, tsunamis and earthquakes and hurricanes and excessive heat that's killed over 100 people in California. People are beginning to ask, both privately and publicly, whether this is it. People have come to me and Ask that, whether this is the end of days, whether the final wars are upon us. For myself, I doubt that this is the end. At least I doubt it's the end of the world. Might be the end of the United States as a superpower. Might be the end of a certain way of life. It might even be the end of any of us in particular. The ravages of war won't stay away from our shores forever, I don't believe. But I don't think that it's the end of the world. Even if it were, however, we have these words from Paul. And for me at least, I think that's all we need. Memorize them. Or at least put the concept securely somewhere in your brain. Nothing but nothing can separate any one of us from the love of God. That's not to say that there aren't times when we don't feel like God doesn't care if we live or die. I've felt that way at times, I'm sure many of us have. But our feelings are just our feelings. They have only a hit or miss relationship to reality. The reality is that God's love is always, always there for us. And that assurance is better than a flak jacket. Part of the reason for spiritual formation is to develop both protection and coping strategies so that when life does get bad, we have the inner resources to be able to deal with it. When life falls apart, that's often a motivation for people to get up and start thinking about spiritual things and to go to a faith community. And that's good, but it's even better to engage spiritual life before all of that hits. Then you've developed the spiritual muscle to deal with it and you have a spiritual community already in place to help you cope with it. Better to get the body armor before you're in the thick of the fighting. If you walk the walk of Romans, you're off to a good start with that spiritual muscle. You've realized at the beginning that we're all really pretty bad when it comes to righteous living. Many of us can refrain from doing major harm. I managed to keep from killing people week to week to week pretty successfully. (laughs) But if we want to live the life that Jesus taught, it's more than do no harm. It's positively doing good. And it's keeping a check on our thoughts that might eventually lead us to doing harm, as well as the things we actually might do. That's hard. I don't think we can do it by ourselves. I think it takes a like-minded community, helping each other, supporting each other, saying, oh, you know, maybe that was out of line, or congratulations, that was a wonderful thing to do. So step one in the Walk of Romans realizes that, and accepts the help that God freely offers, directly in our spiritual life and through others. Many of the next steps involved in li- are living that out, in accepting the difficulties and the suffering that life brings, being willing, as we talked last week, to offer them up to God, to let God have them, to be patient while God is working it out on God's timetable and not ours, let the patience in us grow, and then having the reward of God showing up in our lives and proving God's love for us. And after that happens enough times, we begin to sing the song at the end of Romans 8. Paul said in Romans 5 that we should boast in our sufferings. And Romans 8 has the example of it. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Paul boasts. Will hardship or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. Today we could add to that list. What will separate us from the love of Christ? Will terrorism or bombs or the death of our loved ones? Will fire or flood, crashing plane or exploding rail? Will extremism or partisanship or illegal immigration or abortion or gay marriage or getting both your legs blown off in war, will any of that separate you from the love of God? No. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Notice that Paul never promises that these things won't happen if we just have enough faith or if we just pray hard enough. Katrina hitting New Orleans is not an indication of God's wrath. It's an indicator that we're not paying attention to what's happening in our world, but it has nothing at all to do with God's love. Paul says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. These things will come. They have come. More are on the way. Christians won't avoid them. Don't go gloating that others are going to be left behind to suffer while you get out of it. Jesus didn't get out of it. That's never been true. Don't get lazy. Prepare your spirit. Many of us are prepared for all sorts of difficulties. We've got flashlights for when the lights go out. We've got radios with batteries for when we need information and there's no power. We've got blankets and emergency gear in our car in case we get stuck in a blizzard. The list goes on and on. But is your spirit prepared? Have you walked the road far enough for enough time with enough faith? that you absolutely for sure know that nothing can separate you from the love of God. That's not a skipping through the tulips, la 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 kind of love and kind of verse. This is the writing of a man who within seven years is gonna be beheaded for his faith. It's written to people who are going to very soon be robbed and beaten, tortured and mocked and killed for hanging on to their faith in Jesus. And when all of that comes their way, their spirits are going to be ready to meet it because they first prepared themselves in faith. They didn't take the easy road. They exercised their spiritual muscles. They came together in worship to learn and to develop a network of support. They took time to pray They gave of themselves, of their time and their resources. They refused occupations that were at odds with what Jesus taught, even if it meant they went hungry. They shared with all who had need. And they experienced in all of it the love of God that was so sure and so certain that even as they were being killed, they sang songs of praise to the God who loved them. I think this set of verses in Romans should be part of every single person's emergency kit. No matter what happens to you, no matter if you're dying under a pile of bombed rubble or climbing onto your roof to escape a flood, no matter if a loved one is threatened or if your retirement goes up in Enron smoke, be convinced. That neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will ever be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's the truth. Remember it. Amen.
0: Thanks for subscribing to Spirit Walker Sermons. If you're ever in the area, stop in for worship at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 10 Church Street in Westford, Massachusetts. I'd love to have you stop by my website at www.annrobertson.com where you can also subscribe to a weekly devotion which you can receive either as an email or a podcast. I'd love to hear from you via email at Anne at Thanks again for subscribing and I hope your week is filled with God's blessings.